following podcast contains three mates talking shit over some beers. As you can imagine, the language can get a wee bit hairy from time to time. So, get involved. Grab a beer and join us for Drunk Therapy, the podcast. Hey, the mic's on on. Hey, let me do that one again. <laughs> don't speak, let me speak. Hey, don't speak, let me speak. Right, I'll do this. The following podcast contains three mates talking shit over some beers. As you can imagine, the language can get a wee bit hairy from time to time. So, get involved. Grab a beer and join us for Drunk Therapy, the podcast. Sorry, everyone. I just want to replay a certain section of this. The following podcast contains three mates talking shit over some beers. Or does it? Not to break the fourth wall or anything, but... We tend to record maybe two or three a night if we can because we're very busy men with very busy lives. But Shane decided to fucking take a tact from me in like the first eight episodes and not get drunk. Then, and it was the it was the episode we recorded with Kat uh, from You're Alright uh, Instagram page and then he went, ah, nah, it was weird, you know, it was weird not being on the other side. Then he proceeded to pour half a fucking glass of rum straight <laughs> that I had to slide over to Danny. Danny, can you tell us how much rum is in that glass? We drink a few beers, like genuinely. We drink a few beers to get fucking merry here. He has poured a glass of rum that is equivalent of fucking what, a quarter pint? I, uh... <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most drunken fucking rambling opening to this podcast we will ever, ever. It's like the literal. I feel like you took the drunkness that I'd normally have and just embraced it. Mate, you just put the fucking half ball of fucking vodka on you. I'm trying to catch up to you. I'm still in that glass ten times over if that intro was anything to go by. <laughs> <Jay>. <laughs> I love you, Shane, but yeah, I'm gonna tell you something. Before we started the podcast, James was like, Am I coherently? And we're like, We don't even know the words you're trying to say. It's like, Do I sound coherently? And we're like, Yeah, you're, 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 you guys you're good have, to go. You guys have practiced my destruction. No, 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 you very much done that to yourself when you started speaking after you. <laughs> This is just the start of like Right, give him that fucking give him a Yeah, I, I honestly I need I need some company in this. I um I did the, the podcast of Cat Sober and I, I sat on James. Wait, am side. I that bad? Uh, nah, you're sweet. You're good, mate. Yeah, you, you're, you're not trying to get in twenty bars. I'm in some as fucking a glass dinosaur region, shorts. I still feel like it's it's difficult to say words. Anyway, you're in a place where, like, if you were walking into a bar, you'd fucking act sober. You wouldn't talk, and you'd focus on your walking for the last like fifty <laughs> yeah. meters. You're like, quick, act sober. I would say to the bouncer, <laughs> I would say to you before we got to the bouncer, mate. I'll do the talking for us. You just, <laughs> you just stand there. It's fine. <laughs> well, um, just to describe it, and if anyone has felt it. it your brain works, but your tongue doesn't. <laughs> like it's the it's the back of your tongue. You're like, I can't roll a shave words the same way. And that's what I said to him. And I thought, fucking nailing this. The full time I was giving him his shit, I was looking at Danny, and he was like, Yeah, Danny gets it. And then he just ripped me to shreds. <laughs> but it's it's the back of your tongue. Your tongue can't say words when you're really. This <laughs> James describes drunkenness. <laughs> <laughs> so you know when you, your tongue doesn't work your brain's clever <laughs> the real thing we're learning from this is Shane listen to this this is how you sound every fucking episode in this podcast I know and it sounds weird to my no, hearing my voice now because it's so accurate the words I my tongue is saying what my brain wants it to say amazing, amazing thing about Shane was last night we all had a night in my house <laughs> we were just like we were out the back because it was sunny and then we came back at the house and Shane was just drinking straight up rum and then he texted us later was like, we were like, you're right, Shane. I was like, I could have drunk the full bottle. Is that bad? I could have drunk the full bottle. Shane brought a bottle of Mount Gay spiced rum. It was full, completely full yeah. when I got there. I opened and he was it. like, I could have, I could have drunk that full bottle. Yeah, drank three like, quarters of a bottle of rum. He right? didn't want to drink today. No. And now he's fucking giving the rest of it a bash. My uh, my highlight of that night last night, and it was a very kind of quiet. It was only what five or six of us, just generally chilling out, having fun, and. There was a moment about half past ten where you turned around to me, James, and went like that. 
you're not on one tonight, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wanted. He was expecting. He's like, it's ten thirty. Yeah. Daddy should be dancing on the table. Soon. And I was, yeah, and I was like, well, no, because there's like six of us. Just like, we're just chilling out. We're having a relaxed drink. And I don't know if this is what moving to the suburbs does to you. As if, as if you were just going to start crawling at my arm and go, at me, have you got any coke? Like, you get, go and phone somebody and get some gear. Like, and, uh, but I, it, was, it was very bizarre because I've said to you guys before, you are binge drinkers, whereas I'm not. I'm like a kind of hey, casual. If that intro had... <laughs> <laughs> But it was just the way at this small gathering of six people in your house where we were just generally chilling out, listening to music, and you're like, you're not on one tonight. <laughs> like, with a tinge of disappointment. It's because he was sitting next to me and I drank three quarters of a bottle of rum straight. Mm. I don't, I don't but know. then you went fucking home, man. You went home, like, so cleverly. You're like, <laughs> I... I told my girlfriend, uh, that's that proves how drunk I am. That's not you. <laughs> I sound like Andy Murray. <laughs> yeah, Anyways, I'm going to sidestep how drunk I am. Danny, you just spent a lot of time in Cuba. Not yeah, a lot yeah. of people have spent a lot of time in Cuba. How before the fuck we, was that? Before you get onto that, you no. see you bought James a nice bottle of uh, nice bottle of rum. So, so you, had your, you had your share of it, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, to be fair, that was, a, that was a shared bottle of rum. Yeah, um, I, did, I did binge drink a wee bit of that, didn't I? Yeah, how a lot of people been to Cuba? How was it? Nah, see, what I was really hoping one of these was going to say there was, how was your holiday? How was your holiday? Thanks very much, Shane. Thank you for doing that. Uh, it was good, mate. I uh, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it. It was reasonably priced. And if you wanted to go there, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Cool. Well, tell do? us about Cuba. And that's it. That's, that's, because, I mean, that's all I'm going to say about my holiday. Because if people come in, and this is more for people who work in offices and work in workplaces, when they come back from two weeks abroad, and I say, how was your holiday? See what I just said there? That's all about here. Nah, but tell me how Cuba was. Well, Cuba, you're kind of shitting Cuba. on Cuba. You're shitting on my rant right now, James, <laughs> to be honest. Because uh, <laughs> this has just gone. This is Jet, and I, appreciate, I love it. I appreciate that I maybe went somewhere a bit more interesting than like fucking Gran Canaria or like, Turkey or something like that. But people go on holiday and when you come back, I don't care when people go on holiday. I sent a message to you. I've had very little internet, but one of the messages I sent to you was nobody cares about people's holidays. So when you come back to work, say you've been two weeks somewhere, a nice all-inclusive hotel, and I ask you, oh, did you have a good holiday? See if they go beyond two sentences. Lost interest. Don't give a shit. I don't care. I've been in work. So if you're in work and you've been in holiday and somebody says, how was your holiday? That's it. See what I just done there? That's as, oh. as detailed as you get. All right, well, without shitting on your idea... Give us I mean, in twenty you words. Fucking Cuba. Aye, but in twenty yeah, let's, words. Let's not pretend I went. Let's pretend I went to fucking Lanzarote then. Well, ask me because I went to Portugal, mate. You went to Portugal. How was your holiday? Been eleven times. It's all right. Yeah, that's that. See exactly. You've covered it. That's all you need to say. I haven't been to either of those places. I'm fucking jealous. But you live in New Zealand, which is quite a cool I, country. I don't know if you know. I live on the east side of Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> I live in fucking Deniston. I get your point because I I exercised uh, word economy when it comes to that. When Not just how's your holiday, but when anyone says and work, do you want a drink? I'm like, fuck off, don't talk to me. I'm like, no. I'll try and reduce the amount of words I have to say to anyone in work. You're laughing, did I fuck up? <laughs> no, you're just so drunk. <laughs> sorry, I'm not going to say anything. This is drunk therapy. Mine is James. James really drunk at that shit. Whilst we're different. all laughing and interjecting, I would just say that Kat has just been in for an excellent interview and she left her rhubarb gin behind and it's actually really nice. Oh, Edinburgh gin is like, if, I, I hate gin and how cold this gin is. This is a fucking fourth wall we've been breaking with us. Ah, it doesn't matter. Can't People aren't it. like, oh no, <laughs> I thought they came, like we just get, when we get drunk, we try and get drunk enough to get two or three podcasts well, sometimes. Let's, let's take advantage of me being drunk. How was your holiday, mate? Shit, it's a holiday, isn't it? There's a lot of old people in Portugal, man. There's so many fucking old people, and I can't handle it. Do old people freak you out? Old people freak me out. I feel like old people on holiday <laughs> are going skinny. to the last holiday they're ever going to go to. Oh. Nah, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of like I don't mean that, that year. I mean, that's their place. They've decided that's where they're going to go in the world, and they're going to stay there for the rest of their life. Like, every year they're going, I fucking love Portugal, I'm going to go back. Well, I, that's you? not where I want to go. I... I, I've openly said it tonight. I want to die when I'm 60, seeing as much of the world <laughs> as possible. Well, well, people generally just, they kind of make me uncomfortable. I don't know. Wrinkly skin, eh? I, I like the idea of becoming old because your job as an old person is just to 
fuck the world up as much as possible <laughs> before you die politically. Like, you just vote for the worst options for your grandkids out of bitterness by the looks of things. But old people just kind of freak me out. You know like what, babies. You know what freaks me out about old people? Is the fact that they're so willing and so embracing of their fucking impending mortality. You know what I mean? They're like, they've lived a good life and they're ready to, to go to sleep or they're ready for rest or whatever they say. Basically, they're going, I'm not scared of death anymore. And I'm like, fuck me, as a young dude, it's the scariest fucking thing. It keeps me awake sometimes at night when I go, fuck, what happens when you die? That's scary as fuck. This is a question I've often asked myself. What would you define as old as an age beyond it's- beyond 70? To me, it gets older as I get older. See, I would have been 50, like, 10 years ago. And now I'm like, well, 50's not that old. Fucking, I guess, ah, I don't think 70 on, I think. 70 onwards is kind of your... Well, let me ask you this as well. When I was growing up, I never seen anyone beyond the age of 60. I thought that the age of 50, like you just said, was an appropriate time to die. Nah. Nah, 50 but doesn't... But I'm, I'm 33 more. next week, and I'm like, fuck, man. See, that's me 20 years left. I don't want... It's... Uh, it scares me. Fifty doesn't. Fifty isn't old. Fifty's young. Fifty's fine. Fifty's yeah. fucking young, eh? Like I know forty-year-olds, and you're like, nah, Jay, I think fifty's because right. we fifty are mar- still drinking and fucking and and you're working else. and shit as well. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Like, I think you should have at least. I don't know what you guys think, but I think you deserve at least fifteen years of retirement and hopefully it's a good retirement but you need you deserve some time to just chill and you know you're getting older things don't work as well you deserve some fucking some time to just live i mean not live a fucking you're not going to be base jumping or doing parkour or anything but just you know doing old people shit and having old people friends and knitting and fucking having i think that's nice i don't think you would start knitting at 50 but one thing that's that's probably the age you would start one thing i will say between 50 and 65 looks like the shittest years of your life because you're just awaiting retirement. All you want is retirement and it must just be shite and your kids are probably grown up and that's probably when they get most expensive is when you're trying to get them the fuck out of your life. (laughs) (laughs) There's money. Fuck off and leave me alone. I'm just wanting retirement to come. Please stop costing me money. You know how you're saying about when you're 50 to 65, that's when um, your kids are going out and you're waiting for retirement. I don't think it is. I think like everyone nowadays, it used to be you had your kids in early 20 and you did the fucking house and and the marriage and the kids really early. Now everyone's... You know, professional. A lot of people choose not to have kids. A lot of people choose to have them. You know, when they're close to say forty, maybe even a wee bit later. So those people are going to be like having fucking teenagers in their fifties. So they're not going to be fucking bored. <laughs> they're going to have like little fucking shits at a time when they're like they'll be wanting to go to work because they're like fuck it. So either go to work or hang out with the little fucking hormonal boy that won't leave his room and there's there's socks that are stiff everywhere. And I, I don't. Oh. Sounds I like a fucking nightmare. Still quite a minority of people that are having kids that late on. So even if you go 35. Nah, our generation, everyone's having kids older. I don't know anyone that's got kids under 30. Well, by the time this goes out, I'll be like 33 for a month. But by the time my mum and dad were 33, they had their four kids. Yeah, Actually, yeah. By, the time, yeah. by the time my mum and dad were 25, they had their four kids, more or less. So you're right. Parents have kids later. It's because yeah. it used to be you stayed in one job for 30 years. You got the watch. Like, literally, the longest I've been in one job is probably four or five years. A lot of people will be doing the, like, oh, they can't get a job here because there's not a lot of jobs here. So they go, you know, they go to Manchester or they go, if you're in New Zealand, you go to Wellington and you go to Auckland. And if you're in the UK, you end up in London. So, like, a lot of people are doing that kind of... I, I, I do agree with you. Career and life are bigger than family nowadays. And you can have a family later in life. And I think it's just happiness. Is there's different fucking rules on what happiness is? Like there are so many options now. Like genuinely, sometimes I sit there and go, "Fuck, it would have been cool when you were, you know, your, your grandparents' age. You just met that one person, and you just yeah, you went to the dance with them. A week later, you got married, and you dealt with it. And like you know, nowadays people get divorced. The rates that are unreal, and people go, "Oh, there's so much choice, and people cheat, and you can go on Tinder, and there's websites fucking aiming to make you cheat." Like back in the day, it was a simpler time, but it was just. It was an honest time, you know what I mean? It's like you fucking found a lady and you made it fucking work. This goes against everything I just said at the start of this podcast, but I want to disclose one very fun fact that I found out about Cuba whilst I was on holiday. Ah, I knew you'd fucking uh, come into some Cuba chat. They have the highest divorce rate in the world, and the reason for it is that, well, it's, it's changed now, but when you got married, 
you were given sort of perks by the government. So you were given a week in a hotel and you Ooh. were given that maybe, I don't know, say it was tax release possibly, but you got loads, you almost got rewarded for getting married. But the problem was that the cost of divorce was about the equivalent of about £3 to us. Yeah. So divorce was so cheap that what was <laughs> what was happening <laughs> is that people were getting married, enjoying all the perks, and then because divorce was so cheap, they were then going, let's get divorced. And do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and like, marry this woman. And I'm going to go and get like another week in a <laughs> Dave, what are you up to? You want to yeah. get married this yeah. week? Hey! Uh, that sounds like a very funny way to manipulate a government. <laughs> <laughs> I would get married like shit if that was a rule. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just going to throw shame back to that as a man that's never been married. And I remember believing when I was younger that marriage is a, an amazing thing. But you said a phrase to me and Danny there that it fucking befuddles me. Make it work. What does that mean to you? It means... You kind of, you you chose your cards, right? You choose your partner, you have the kids and stuff, and then you make it work. You you kind of, you, you realise that not everyone's going to have the perfect life, and not every, not every time's going to be rosy, but you kind of make a commitment to that person. And I'm not saying it's the right way or the wrong way. I fucking, living back so in that time, actually, would be shit. But I like the fact that there is, like, nowadays it seems like there's little to no commitment to, like, you know what I mean? Like, the divorce rates are mental, but back mm. in the day, my nana... And Papa knew each other for a week. But your mum and dad got divorced as well, didn't they? So, but I that's got... a, that's a, the generation after. That was when it was. So a, what I mean, in like, you've obviously you're the generation after your mum and dad, so you've got this perception of make it work. But your mum and dad didn't. So, what brought about your perception <laughs> of make it work? No, I, no, I'm not. No. I'm not trying to make that. Just to interject on that, my so my parents separated when I was, I don't know, seven. Part of my sixteenth birthday present was my dad drawing up the divorce papers for my mum because now I was the youngest and I turned 16, it was cheaper to get a divorce. And I, that's possibly where I get my exceptionally dark sense of humour from. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a great birthday present. I don't know, to me, like, see, I've so always in my mind gone, I don't want to get married. And and, and girls have we've broken. I've gone out with girls for, say, three or four years and it's kind of been the cause of the breakup. They go, oh, marriage, and I've gone, nah, not at all, no chance. And they're like, okay, see you later. And I go, okay, bye. Whereas, like, I've got to the stage now where I still, it's not a priority to me. Like, if you said, what would your dream wedding be? I'd be like, oh, mate, a cheap, fun one where everyone gets drunk. I wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't think, like, if I, if marriage was important to the person I was with, I probably would do it and I'd be happy with it. I don't think you need marriage to have a good life. I don't think you need that to prove to the world. But I do think, fuck it, you know, this, the happiest couple I know, They've, they've been together for like 20, 30 odd years. They're not married. They're engaged, but they're just never going to get married. I'm like, I'm happy to do that. Let's just say we're going to do it and just never do. So, Unless it makes I it fucking, easier to I, get I a visa. <laughs> then I'm like, yeah, where's the fucking celebrate? everything that you said there. And, and I do realise at the start of this uh, podcast, everyone pointed out the fact that I'm really drunk because I am. I started drinking early today. But the, the phrase that keeps pointing out to me is, Make it work. The the phrase that sticks out to me is make it work. What does that mean? Make it work seems like you're just running in blindly committed to the fact that you're married. You shouldn't make something work that doesn't work. Ten yeah. years down the line, maybe it doesn't work. Yeah, but if it doesn't work, don't get, beat yourself up over it. But I think back in the day, it was less of an option. Like, there was still divorce back in the day. People still got divorced back in the day. But, like, it was when shit was properly dire. And there, there's probably unhappy relationships. But... Like I, talk, I was talking to my nana, and we um, this is me and my brother sat down with my nana for about three hours and recorded her. We just asked her questions when we knew she wasn't well, and we we're talking to her about like, did you ever think about you know other guys? And she's like, no, he was my husband. We were in love, and we just got on with it. So it wasn't. It's not like ah, oh, he's hitting me. Make it work. It doesn't matter that he sent me. It's okay. It's it's just saying, you know, try your ass off. And I'm not saying it's the right way, or the wrong way, but I, I I like the idea that you know I think. Even if you're not married to someone and you're in a, in a relationship, there is an element of make it work because ah, you could look on Instagram and go, oh, I love that girl or I could still pull hot chicks or whatever or my partner's not perfect for this reason or she annoys me for that. But no one's going to be perfect and fucking if you're thinking about shit like that, it's probably in yourself that the, the, the problems really are. So if, you, you know, if you've got someone that you like hanging out with, they're sound as fuck, they do, maybe fucking they do annoying things, maybe you annoy them at parts, but if it's worth fucking making a go at it, just do it. I'd randomly turn into like, 
no, do you know Marriage Council of Shine, but that that to me, and I I turned around to Danny there and I put my hands up. That's make it work to me. Yeah, that's not not shite. not give in to the Instagram temptation of what you think it should be. Make it work if they make you smile, they make you want to be with them. Yeah, that's what I wanted from challenging you with that. It sounds like a really depressing blues song. If I'm being honest, <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. she we... makes me sad. Do, 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 do. We gotta make it work. Do, 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 Speaking do, do, of making it work, right? We've got I to make the kids we have. Do, 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 do. We gotta make it work. <laughs> do, 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 do. One day we'll die. Do, 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 do. We gotta make it work. It's <laughs> the worst blues song ever, right? Eh? <laughs> well, at least we tried. Freestyle <laughs> blues is you're not making really... it. Drunkest person in the room. Let's tag Tom Waits into this episode. He's going to love it. Is he not a Kiwi? Tom Waits is American. Uh, Who's the Tom Waits is a guy that inspired the Joker. Heath Ledger, yeah. Who's the guy that sings Jesus? I was evil. Darcy Clay. He's a Kiwi. (laughs) Does anyone know him? Nah. Nah. (laughs) I know him, kind of. But he's going to make it work. Before all of this, I was about to segue into the fact that. We've got a mate that's getting married, um, but we're going to a stag next week. So it's kind of like, <laughs> I feel like going to a stag is the opposite of making you happy. Uh, you, if you have to experience a situation where you take a, like 10 males or females to a holiday to celebrate your freedom. And they walk you around in a gimp suit and then shoot you with paintballs and shit. What, 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 what is that about happiness with a... And it, I realise that tradition is your last night or your last experience of freedom, but it's like... Mate, if you're going to get married to someone, you've been with them for like fucking a while. You don't just ask a random to get married. So the the whole stag experience is completely. It's it not, blows my mind. That it's backwards. This it's not right. for the groom though, is it? It's, it's for the fucking. It's for the groomsmen and all the mates. That's who the stag party's for. It's like no, you're getting anyway, married. Let's fuck with you and have a proper piss up. This is my first ever. I've never been invited in a stag do before. I don't get invited to many weddings. But anyone who listens to this podcast would probably understand that. But, but um, yeah, it's my first ever stag Oh, I didn't mean that for so sure. So, what's your expectations then? Um, fuck knows, honestly. It's I don't know. It's Have you guys be... organised any? Nope, embar- are you going to shoot him with a paintball gun? Not one back because he's, he's not the type of guy that the ever interpretation of stag people who would even do that. Yeah, we, we're fair. not going to go to strippers or anything. We're going to see what happens in a stag do. But ah, it's it's weird though, isn't it? Like the the whole idea of a stag do is weird to me that you have to go and experience your last night of freedom. And then you go like you spend like a fucking fortune to do it. It's it's mental. The UK are real weird with it. Like. I heard stories about people hiring midgets for a weekend and someone gets like fucking, uh, what's handcuffed. handcuffed to the midget for a weekend. And you're like, what the fuck? And like, who is, what kind of self-respecting small person is going, yeah, that's my career path. I want to get fucking handcuffed to drunk people. Yeah, but that's mental. Like it's a proper, and you see it all the time. Like Glasgow must be a place where old ladies come for their fucking hen nights. Cause you see a bunch of like ladies in their forties, fake tanned up to fuck with like sachets and they're just like Woo! and you're like I enjoy the fact that you guys are having an awesome night but so let me ask you Shane who's in my opinion the most likely to get married in this podcast what are you doing for your stag do what's yours well, I, I don't decide it so like I don't organise my stag do so like for example uh, whoever's like coming to the wedding basically the the, the groomsman so I your think your best man is deciding your stag do yeah best man groomsman and maybe some mates that like i don't know how many people you so know danny i and whoever else probably sam sam would sam kiwi james probably get a that, nudge who's that cunt fucking richie mccoy you always going about yeah i'm not going to invite if, I, oh, if you can get richie mccoy to come to a stag do yeah, i'll I propose tomorrow is. i just assumed that he was a mate of yours nah, he's, he's he's a good cunt but no he's not a friend but I, it's up to you guys so the whole thing is you're meant to just fuck with me like do you want to be fucked with, though? Not really. But I, I don't mind being the butt of the joke for the collective good of the group. You know what I mean? Like uh, this, this is what... So I've been to one stag do, and we we would put T-shirts on everyone at the airport, and then we left them. Then I think there was a gimp suit joke in one of the nights as well. Why would you ridicule someone you like? I don't know. What's, what's the purpose? Fun. I don't I've, know. I've I, 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 I don't know. Eh? Like, like, my brother has... His best man was fucking amazing and, like, created this, like, round-the-city fucking treasure hunt, basically, and it had, like, timelines, and there were certain actors at certain places who were... Like, basically, the whole thing was, we've kidnapped your wife or your fiancé, 
here's how you go to this place to find out how to get her. <laughs> no shit. And, and uh, no, but like this, and like this, <laughs> like it could have gone awkwardly bad and I it didn't... actually been a real kidnap. But the, every place they, every clue sent them to somewhere else and there's an actor there that was like, oh my gosh, I saw her go that way. Drink two shots. <laughs> like, and then Dave, two shots, go to that bar and get a, a, a kiss on the face and then we'll give you the next clue. And it was like, it was around the whole city and it went for like two days. It was sounded fun. never ever care about any <laughs> human being to put that level of thought or fucking uh, consideration to feel that sounds amazing. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds amazing it sounds sweet and it sounds like a nice idea but fuck having <laughs> like, so I'm, like I'm, I'm assuming from what I know about Shane is that's your brother that walks in film yeah yeah he, him and, and that, his mates that, are theatrical as fuck that, that <laughs> yeah. sounds like the sort of best man you want yeah yeah I'd just take some cunt to the veil I appreciate the veil shut down now but I just know. Well, I, I, I don't believe like in marriage, that. but if I ever got married, you'd be my best man, and I would hope that you'd reduce the well, idea of what I feel about marriage to nothing. I would, uh, <laughs> I would use the jokes that I had prepared. Uh, sorry, prepared I, for my death. Yeah, for your I, funeral. <laughs> I had excellent jokes prepared for your eulogy when I thought you were going to kill yourself. Yeah. So I would just transfer them to your wedding instead. There you go. <laughs> well, sad to see him go. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just forget to edit, edit it all. I, I was the best man for my mate's wedding, and I was a shite bag of Tell the best us about man. That. Well, like, so we lived on the other side of the country, and um, <laughs> I got the nickname "World's Worst Best Man" because <laughs> I was like to him, "All right, bro, let's do a stag do. Um, what day are you free?" And he's like, "What would you do in a stag do in New Zealand? Go somewhere else?" Uh, he's he's not a guy like if you put him in a strip club, he'd kind of. Tense up and go a bit weird. He's no, a bit but like down from New Zealand. Would you go somewhere else in New Zealand, or would you go foreign? Nah, I'd go. We'd go basically on a on a massive surf trip, and we'd hire a house, and we'd get jet skis, and we'd just do. We'd you know do fucking American pie. Have a weekend of fun shit that you kind of don't normally get to do. It's just an excuse to have a sweet party with a bunch of mates that have to come. You know what I mean? Like you go right. stag do, you have to come. But I was a shite bag because I asked him about four months before his wedding. When are you free? And he's like, I'm not free at all. And I was like. Fuck, mate, you're not making it easy. And we didn't even do a stag do. And like for that reason, I did a fucking awesome speech at his wedding. It was fucking like I spent, I memorized it. I spent about three weeks writing it. Uh, I remember there was a freestyle rap in there. So I had like sound effects cues. It was to hard knock life and I changed it to wedlock life. And I I can't remember how, but like I had, there was a DJ and I had to like point to him or I'd go. I say this now. You start the and I'd like he'd start the music and there was sound effects and shit like that, and I was like freaking out for about three hours beforehand. All my mates were on the piss. Everyone was on the piss. The groom's on the piss because the wedding's happened. He's like, "Cool, all my hard jobs done." I've said I do, and I'm sitting there going, "Don't fucking forget your speech." Don't. And I hadn't written it down anywhere. Let me let me ask you this, and this is maybe advice for Danny because we'll put this out before the wedding. Did you drink before it? I had about three. I limited myself to... And I, I say, sorry, I say this before the wedding. Danny's the best man at this wedding, so he has a speech coming up. Yeah, don't, like... Get to, like, icebreaker. Don't really care about, like, if it's awkward. Get to that stage. Two or three beers, and you're kind of like, ah, oh, I'm happy with this. I'm a bit more out there. But don't get to James' stage. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I just started the podcast, guys. <laughs> it's, it's the thing. What, what makes a good best man speech? I think you want to... Have some fun stories about them. Where yeah, the, the thing about it, right? I'm not allowed to tell any of the fun stories. No, no, that's them. the thing. You can't tell the real awesome ones because you don't want to be like, oh, this time, you know, my friend had anal on the beach and lost his virginity on top of a rock. <laughs> that was funny because everyone would be like, what the fuck? So my you have to. is nowhere near as exciting as that. It's w- fine. What I had to do is take stories that were funny and amplify his. He was there, but I had to kind of. Tweak parts to make it like and make them more theatrical, and make them bigger, and make the person that hurt you know that fell over and hurt their head. They almost died, and so an ambulance came. Any clever tricks that you googled? Nah, that that see my um the the god. So my godfather is the the groom's dad, and he did a big speech, and he did the I'll make it quick, and then let go of the paper, and it goes down for ages, and it's it's just it, like people gave him a cheeky laugh, but it was it wasn't real it was just how to make people laugh and a best that's what he googled and uh, to me i was just like look I, I back myself to be able to i think it went for five or six minutes it was sincere enough at the right times i ripped the shit out of him but in a real polite way and he looked i ended up 
making it look like he was sweet. I spent ages because I was like, his stories were savage. His stories were like, oh yeah, Matt started a fight and then ran away and me and other guys had to fight 10 people and he had gone. <laughs> He's a cunt. Like, I, like, I can't tell that stuff in front of the family. So you're kind of like, here's this cute PG story that I'll make bigger and then, yeah, just, I don't know. Everyone laughed. I had like kind of a lot of people standing up and clapping, but there was a religious table in the front and they did not. They were like, as I was telling the stories and going through it, they were like doing this, like the, like you know that painting where the husband and wife are standing outside of their farm with the pitchforks. That's what they were like, and they were like slowly but surely looking at me disapprovingly, nodding the like, "No, you fucked up." And I was like, "Do you know what you were loving your truth?" I was, and I, the thing is, I had to, I had to use every trick I knew because I'd done a lot of public speaking and stuff. So I was actually that wasn't the thing. I was just I don't want to look like a dick. And like after my speech, the head, what's the head lady? Was the, the, the bridesmaid or the priest? No, the bride, la- bridesmaid. The bridesmaid. Oh. Yeah, so she did a speech. Made them on it. Made them on Fucking school. So like the headmaster. They don't normally do speeches, but she wanted to do a speech, and she's like, oh, "I'll go after you." And I was like, "Okay." That she, seems like that's yeah. That she seems, seems like, like she was like, "Oh, she's she's quite confident." Oh, good on her. Go after me. I don't want to be last. Cool. And then during, I sat back down, and Matt was like fucking heckling her Matt was in there going and like we've all, we're all mic'd up we're all looking we're probably three metres away from everyone and he's like bro her speech is fucking boring and I'm like shh and he's like it was way worse that your speech was amazing hers is shit and like everyone was like watching him and I was like bro stop saying words everyone I'm mic'd up you're mic'd up everyone's fucking mic'd up so while well, he was a grim yeah and he was just like he was basically heckling her to me like so here's so this is my dilemma with this best man thing is that I don't think I'm nervous about it because I've done stand up I've done stand up for what four or five years and I enjoyed doing stand up I like speaking in front of a crowd but the good thing about doing stand up is that you become this character you can become this bastardized version of yourself yeah my biggest anxiety about doing this best man speech is that you need to show sincerity and I was just saying to you guys off mic after we interviewed Cat or spoke with Cat. That I done, I done sociopath tests last month <laughs> on the internet because I was genuinely worried I was a sociopath. So how the fuck am I supposed to show sincerity? All the fun stuff I'm not allowed to say. Um, and then I need to show sincerity. I need to pretend that I think it's like romance is beautiful. I need, I need to say like compliment people and do all that stuff. Nah. And I don't. It's not that I don't believe in it. I'm sure people will look beautiful and they'll look lovely, but I won't believe myself to say. Uh, blah 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 such and such looks like I would f- it would feel insincere just be like aye you're fine like you fucking you scrub up alright well done don't, you don't have to say nice things about them basically you have to embarrass the groom and say I'm happy that he's marrying her that's all you have to say so tell a story that like the story about when you guys lived together and had a cat cool tell that story ham well, it up give it make cat, it funnier when the cat died <laughs> yeah I mean that's not the funny <laughs> That's funny to me, but that's a funny story. That's a funny story, but, but you, you just can't need to tell it at a wedding. You can, you just need to ham it up and make it sweeter and part. Gets fucking splattered. By a <laughs> no, you don't say it like that. You How don't do go, you ham it up. Then? <laughs> you ham up a cat. No, no, no. Like you, you know, you funny. don't, you don't make the. Don't go into the details about the cat's death. Go into the details about the funny situation that unraveled unravelled due to this, you know, situation about a cat. Well, <laughs> my cat left home, died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. The cat. The cat went missing. It Basically, died. Don't say it died. Just say the cat went missing for a bit. Just like, like add parts that weren't there. The cat died. We all know that. Let's but just both say do it a version of this then. So you know how to do this. You've got. Yeah, but I don't know off the cuff. You've got it nailed down how to be a fucking best man and do a fun <laughs> speech. I don't. So let's try this. So, oh, uh, I we had a funny moment, the groom and I, when our cat get fucking smashed to bits by a car, and it's <laughs> I was hanging out like a fucking. <laughs> penny sweet rolling out a bag um, and we just had a really good laugh about it and I don't think a wedding crowd are going to laugh at that no so but what you now do you is- hammer up okay. now you make that funny right so insert bride and groom almost didn't get there because well I don't know if you know this but me and groom we were an item see we had a cat we had a cat and everything and one day it went missing what was the cat's name I don't know but we spent the whole night hand in hand looking for this cat and it looked like we were a couple and people were commenting on how cute we are and that was 
our future. We had a glimpse into it, and he mm. he chose the other way. I don't think that's it. I don't think that's no, good. That's oh yeah, but fuck. Oh yeah. Oh, the cats. I was. Baby Bardanic. Mate, you gave me about five just, seconds. You're making it sound like I'd be like, yeah, we were nervous about the cats, so then we just started like shagging each other. Up Say that. that. Yeah. Say that. Fucking, people love they're that. basically cat shaggers. If you, if you don't fuck s- off, you of all people. Cannot <laughs> yeah. Cat shagger. Wait, you're fucking <laughs> Satan, evil cat that rips your ass when he shreds every night. I genuinely thought that you were talking to him because I I took a drink of my beer. I turned around the other side and you're like, you! My cat's amazing. Your cat's a cunt. Cat's a cunt. Your cat's not a good cunt. Sometimes you get a good cunt cat that's nice, but your cat's just like, you want to make it Insta famous. It's not you clever enough. Do you know I've why? fucking Insta famous. I've put my cat Do you know why I know karma isn't a thing? Because my cat died and your cat's still <laughs> You'd go, he'd give up your cat every day of the week for one more minute with his cat. He hated his cat. I didn't hate that cat. It was perfectly acceptable as a cat. It was just that car fucking obnoxious. I'm sorry, man. Like, I'm so drunk that they, they're trying to tug on the emotional heartstrings now. Like, you know, I came at this podcast at the start, like. Yeah, Shane's sober. Let's go for him, and then he <laughs> fucking took me down. That's because I'm not sober anymore. I've, I've listen, by the way, guys, guys, anyone that's listening to this, see if you're drunk. Just own it. Just fucking take it, put it in your hand, and hold it like a wee fucking crystal ball, and go, "I love this crystal ball." <laughs> because being drunk is amazing. Talking verbally without pronouncing all the letters or words is amazing because you're still you don't don't let them shame you don't let them shame you by not pronouncing words the same or, or using your thoughts the same way you would 10 hours ago fucking own it man don't let them shame you and if you have a cat your cat's a good cunt James, drunk empowerment over here yeah, right? pretty much the highlight of this podcast is every time James speaks so you you want to talk to us about growling at people so um Oh, no, like, Speak to us about that because it's funny whenever you talk. Right, so it's funny whenever I talk. Right, so anyone that's from Glasgow, and I'll bring you into the loop, Shane, because you are now from Glasgow. And it's. I've recently moved house and it triggered a memory for me every time you're on a bus and it's an old Glasgow thing. You use your eyes as a form of aggression. So you. And I remember getting into so many fucking fights when I was younger because of this, right? And it was the most ridiculous fucking thing in the world. There's people in Glasgow that actually, and it's called growling at you. There's oh, people right. in Glasgow that... I, I thought you were meaning when you were like talking about growling that you just go up to people and go... No, no growling in, in Glasgow is people that spend more than 10 seconds looking at someone else and then that's cause for a fight. I've been in at least four fights when I was younger because somebody was growling at me and then I was on a bus and I was looking at a guy and he was looking at me and I looked at him and then he looked at me and I went, I'm just going to look away and I was like, he was growling at me. All right, so were you like checking your time? Oh, that's eight seconds, I better look away. No, 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 no. Like the, the whole experience was if someone in Glasgow and a young, like actually between 12 and 25, looks at you, that's cause for a fight. Eyeball, eyeballing is probably yeah, like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. we call it growling but it's eyeballing no but for no reason like you could just be a complete random stranger and they look at you and you're like fuck you looking at and it, it it dawned on me when I was in this bus I was like that's the most ridiculous reason to fight anyone in the world somebody looked at you and you weren't willing to back down and I know I'm drunk and I know I'm not pronouncing words but if you weren't willing to back down when someone was looking at you and you ended up in a fight, that to me at that point, when I was sitting in a bus, I was like, that's the most ridiculous reason for fighting anyone ever. Yeah, it, it seems like it's one of those things that you then take off your glove and you slap them and you go, no, you no, know the was, rules of growling. Real, there was real fights. There yeah, I know, people, I know, but like, I it, it seems like... A, I, mean, I was like, what the fuck are you growling at? Yeah, but like, I'm growling at you and I'm like... And and I I remember being in the heat in the moment, like, this is all machoism, I'm going to fucking be the bigger man here and I'm going to fight this cunt. Now I'm thinking, if anyone said what you growling at, I'm like, nothing, mate. I, I don't give a fuck about what your perception of this whole situation is. I would say When you were younger, though, it seemed to define your capability as a fucking male human. I would say now that's because you probably don't just stare at human beings on transport. <laughs> nah, but still, like, it's fucking... Uh, there's young people out there that feel like that's a measurement of their capability as a male human. 
Do you reckon if you went on, say, Buchanan Street or, you know, a big street in anywhere in the UK or in New Zealand and you, you sat down and you just perched yourself up and just tried to make eye contact with people, someone would go you? Like, there's an element the average guy, people. like the average person walking around in town shopping on a Saturday, and you're sitting down just looking at them. Do you think they would go you or is it kind of gone now? Do people still growl? No, because I got that by that bus journey when I was a guy that looked at me twice and I was like, mm, I'm not doing this. But why were you staring at him? Curiosity. <laughs> Curiosity killed the cat, mate. Oh, you're, that's what you hope that needs killed. So that's <laughs> that's why you're staring. This is just animal welfare people are gonna fucking hate this podcast. Nah, understand if you <laughs> Yeah. By the way, um, I found a new way of drinking. Um, which mouth? some might say, oh, you've got a problem, and Shane, stop drinking every night, you boozer. Um, but basically, you drink. Whatever you're drinking straight, and then you chase it with what you'd normally mix it with. Oh, uh, that was weird last night because you were you were pouring two glasses. Yeah, so one was, but I just thought you were a wanker. To be honest. <laughs> and uh, so, change my mind on that. Tell me why that doesn't so, just make you a wanker. No, see, basically, like I like rum and coke, but like I don't like when it's pre-mixed. See, I like the taste of rum when you drink it. I like it. It's nice. It's it's warm. It's quite like. I'm not saying you binge drink it, you drink it slowly, you try and enjoy it on your tongue and shit, wanky stuff like that. Like drinking a whiskey. But I also like the taste of rum and coke, so I'll chase it with a bit of coke just to be like, ah, there you go, got both of them. But you, you I think, and it's going to sound wanky as fuck, but you actually get to taste the rum, because when you're mixing it fucking, you know what I mean? Did you say wanky? Fuck off. No, but you actually like, rum's not a bad drink. <laughs> you can tell like I've had a wee bit of rum now, because I'm now 40 volume levels higher. But... You fucking get your feet in the table, man. <laughs> bare feet at that is fucking disgusting. <laughs> Which I appreciate to you sounds like bare feet. <laughs> it's because we're drinking some. I got my feet got my got my bare feet on. <laughs> Something I realised about this podcast recently, and I I was on my wellness fucking horse, my high mighty like, oh, no, no, we're going to be the guys that you know really talk about mental health and feelings, and I realised that that only comes from. Everyone just being quite drunk and t- talking openly. Yeah, and and I, I'm steaming. <laughs> I love that. That was like I'm. I'm no, no. Let him finish his point. I thought, I thought, he, his I point. thought he had finished his point. <laughs> I, I, I love you guys. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> you guys. Let me tell you something. You guys are so. Oh, yeah, baby. We've been at this club for a long time. You know. <laughs> I love you guys, man. I love you guys. Yeah. You're my I, favourite. I, I, I feel like American frat parties are really shy. <laughs> Have you been to one? I fucking... No, I haven't, but like, I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of repressed fucking... There's a lot of repressed... <laughs> I'll keep that in I edit this I'll keep that in There's a lot of Repressed sexuality At these things Is that the Like the frat parties Where it's yeah. like You've got to What are those oh, that's it. Everything about America Sounds shit And that probably Defines See, The shitness of And it. I apologise To any Americans That might listen to us I don't Fuck <laughs> American cunts If you nah, were to like I, I like Americans That are good cunts If you were to make a country And completely make it Like if this was an example Of how to make a country The wrong way Do what America does Oh, there's shootings. Give them more guns. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, if you could... Excuse me. If you could extract one thing that America does well, it's food. Yeah. But oh. it's not healthy. But it's good. <laughs> but I appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, like, if you want a fucking decent feed of fast food for fuck all, I guess America's the best place to do it because they give you, like... Don't they give you, like, 1.5 litres... Pardon me, but other than of that, like do, Coke with your fucking Big Mac. Meal. Other than that, what do they do? Their beer is fucking awful. Yeah, their healthcare is appalling. Their politics are embarrassing. <laughs> their fucking gun stuff is fucking barbaric. So, other than giving us a cheap, half decent burger, <laughs> what the fuck do America do? James tried to make the point earlier about theme parks. There's a Disneyland in. Paris, there's a Disneyland in Tokyo, there's a Disneyland in somewhere else in Asia, I can't remember where, there's a Universal Studios somewhere else in Asia, we don't even need to go to America for that stuff anymore. See, the theme parks in Australia are the best in the world as well, it's mental, there's so many theme parks, like, I'm not really big on, you know, giving thumbs ups to Australia, but the theme parks in Australia are fucking sensational, whereas I went to every theme park I've gone to since then, you're like, oh yeah, cool, 
Rides are like 30 years old. In fucking Australia, they're updated every like three years or something mental because they're like, yeah, people like these. Let's give them new ones and they're faster. And I don't know. I've always thought living in the States would be amazing. You know, the the opportunity to go make it big and, and, and fucking... The American dream. Yeah, the American dream. We're talking to Kat and she's like, it's real, but the whole thing is... All you need to do is to be able to say you can do something. They'll take your word for it and put you in this mental position of power. She's like, people there are so bad at their jobs. It's funny. It's like almost, you know, criminally negligent, but they just blagged it well. She's like, if you can go there and blag, you can live the dream. Like you can get the stu- Like honest people will probably lose out, but people that go, oh, I've got all these qualifications and I cured cancer in, you know, my home country. Make me your head doctor and they will. And you fucking, you know what I mean? Like, that's the American dream now, just how well you can lie and just fucking rip off the system. Like and this. do you know what? That's a representation of how drunk you can get over 50 minutes. I think, who's that, me? You? Shane started this podcast so. Ah, I'm not. And now he's, now he's willing to rip he's off the his, American he's dream. He's on his second glass of rum, let's not. He's like, you know, I'm going to rip off the American dream. <laughs> Fuck the American dream. Nah, I don't know. I've got a Cuban stamp on my passport, so I'm not getting to America anytime soon, so I'm proud to say, fuck you, America. Oh, by the way, did Stick you up your arse. Did you get Cuban cigars, and how much are they over there? Uh, well, do you know, I've done a tour of a Cuban cigar factory, and the workers all try to put cigars in my pocket and sell them to me on the fly. <laughs> I love that. tremendous, and uh, I tried one, I smoked one, and I didn't hate it, but I didn't bring any home, because I would just feel like a prick. I'd like to think if you go to, like, you know, sweatshops in like Japan or like China. Like some little kids are putting Nikes <laughs> in your <laughs> iPhones and Nikes in your pocket. Eh? They're just like, hey, you think you have this for a pound? And you're like, fuck off, little kid. I'm going to pay 800 quid for it in an official stockist shop. See, this was a few weeks ago. I would have tried to jump in and say, Shane, that's not the right thing. But do you know what? It's true. Just high top Nikes or like Yeezys getting put into your pocket. <laughs> my um my my flatmate or not my flatmate uh the guy that lives across from my house um, you have people like you have not church mate like, so you're talking about the priest he's talking about <laughs> jesus yeah, yeah. You know. so my mate the jesus. guy that gives me the waiver in the morning <laughs> and i bless myself you know. he's wearing a cloth a little thing he's around there i don't know who he is but yeah he um he he fucking <laughs> he waited out he, he lined up since six o'clock the night before to get yeezys you know those yeah, the, the Kanye Va- West shoes? You can't get in the Vatican these yeah. days without <laughs> Without some fly kicks, yeah. eh? <laughs> All the best idiots in the world queue up for trainers. Well, that's the thing. Like, remember we were talking about getting into heaven, the pearly gates. You need the right trainers. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. they were like, well, you need Yeezys because they're limited edition and they are tight. But fuck. Yeezys and a tattoo of roses. <laughs> and they're fucking in, my friend. You are there. What would you... Okay, so no one's fucking lining up for Yeezys because fuck who cares their shoes. What would you line up for? What would, like, there'd have to be something. We'd all have to have our price. What would you queue up for, say, from the night before till, I don't know, five o'clock in the morning? Like, you know, so, 12 I, hours at least on the street. When I was younger, I lined up for, must have been about 2006, right? And this is amazing because I, I went down at uh, 11 p.m. To for Tina Park yeah. tickets, right? Really? And it was next to Central Station in Glasgow. So you went up, you were near the sub club. Ticket Scotland under the bridge. Uh-huh. So yeah. you were up by the, the McDonald's on Argyle Street. Yeah. Um, But down a bit. And <laughs> what made this the most fucked up thing in the world was me and my mates queued up for nine hours. And this was before online because everyone gets everything online now. Um, we queued up for nine hours and then at the point where they were releasing the fucking tickets and everyone could go and buy them. Anyone that came down at 7am, we were there from 11pm. At that point, they opened the doors and everyone just ran. Everyone just ran. Right, so you queued and the queue just went fucking yeah. out the window. It was fucking anarchy, mate. <laughs> so we were all just running, not giving, like, not giving a fuck. We were all just like in this, this really orderly queue before 7am when people that just got off a bus ran into the queue. Yeah. Don't fucking queue up for anything. Did you have like fucking like a proper We got tickets, camp we got tickets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you have cheers and shit or did yeah. you have like a no, sleeping No, we were bed? standing the whole night. Oh, no drink or anything. We were standing. <laughs> but that, that was how much Tina Park meant to everyone back in the day. I know what happens with football tickets now in the, the sense that people queue up overnight for like and then elusive. But what they do is they then at maybe 8 o'clock the next morning hand out raffle tickets. And then say, oh, if you've got a ticket, that means you're guaranteed a ticket. So you could just turn up five minutes before and get a ticket, and that's you guaranteed. Really? Like a thing, yeah. 
But so, well, like, don't you in, buy all your tickets online? Or? There would be nothing that I would queue up for overnight because I would trust myself to get them in the internet. Ah, uh, yeah. I like, you know, I see, James's story was way, way better than yours. Yeah, no, I know. Because <laughs> yeah. it was like a proper, like, fucking, a big well, legendary that, fucking is, festival. On there. You wouldn't fucking queue up for any tickets now. You'd always get them. When was the last time you bought tickets not on the internet? Honestly, I haven't. I don't think I've ever bought tickets. <laughs> we work at a radio yeah. station. I haven't bought tickets to anything in yeah, about 10 like years. That, I used to go on a Ticket Scotland. excited me walking in and buying tickets because... You're not putting a ticket that you print off the internet on your wall. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, and I love the fucking um, chat I behind it. No, I know, but I mean the print out. <laughs> the print out, not something that comes through your door that's a ticket. Eventually, it's all just going to be a print out. I, I agree with you in the sense that, remember when we got WrestleMania tickets? So that was, what, two years ago? But it ago? wasn't tickets. And it was a print out, and that really annoyed me. I would have paid extra if there was an option for some sort of souvenir commemorative ticket. I would have paid extra for that, but we got given what literal course, printouts, and that was annoying. So, but it's yeah. all going to go digital. <laughs> it's all going to go digital eventually. I love how you, d- you made your what? voice you know about three octaves deep. You're I'm like, steaming. It's all I'm steaming. Go digital. You guys fucking come at me with steaming stuff. In. I don't, I don't know we come at with. What do you mean? Like. It means like you stab him, like start clawing at Pass out me for being Stephen. Then oh, no, we don't want to be mean. Like this is the whole yeah, point of the podcast. Pass out you, we just need to let you speak. Well, and it's fun. Right, and let's like, let's let's own the fact that everyone's been steaming. Oh mate, I last night drank three quarters of a bottle at a casual bar- barbecue in your house. Like I've, no, we've all been fucking. fucking pizza, man. <laughs> see, we're, see this. we're descending into just nonsense territory here by the way let's get this back on track so last night there was what seven or eight of us at james yep. house for drinks 47 one, pizzas one of, one of which left after about an hour because he had a kid to take home and james and his partner must have made five or six pizzas no no more than no, that I, before we before, only three pizzas. before i left i said to james i'm going to get dinner first and he didn't say to me don't worry mate we have half a dozen pizzas and 17 kilos of chicken Three wings <laughs> so he cooked all this pizza and fucking at least 17 kilos of chicken wings <laughs> and, and all I spicy, up, eh? i'd had my dinner so i was like i wasn't eating any of that so i was discounting straight away and then they seemed like affronted and annoyed when you guys couldn't work your way through six pizzas and 17 <laughs> kilos of chicken wings and all the chicken There's wings were hot. Pizzas. <laughs> all the chicken Seven wings were hot. And 17 pizzas and there was four live chickens that we had to just take bites <laughs> off as they ran past. But they were all sprinkled in peri-peri sauce or something. I um, I just want to say before... I mean, Danny told us we should basically wrap up because we're all pissed. <laughs> but Kenneth, <laughs> Kenneth, mate, if you're listening, I genuinely am sending a beer from the UK. So I hope... I hope, you know... Don't stress out. Don't freak out. Your beer is on its way. I have picked the right beer for you. It's been a while looking for it. It will be on its way. And if anyone else tweets us or retweets us, we'll give them a shout out. But Kenneth, you've got a beer coming, mate. Don't you worry. Do you know what? I'm so drunk that I'm I'm going to get Ross and Jamie a beer too. You've committed to it now. Ross and Jamie, you're getting a beer as well. We're like Oprah, but like a real shit version. Like well, East End of Glasgow, you can have a beer. You can get a No, not you. I've never met you. You haven't tweeted us. You don't get a beer. You get a beer. Whilst we're all feeling charitable and just to wrap up, I just want to conclude this by saying I'm getting absolutely no cunt anything. Except <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fidel Castro's sons. What? <laughs> That was Drunk Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast, go listen to some of the other ones. The old you would have. If you're on socials, like us there as well. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Drunk Therapy. It's something weird on Twitter, which I can't remember right now.